0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Now we're going to be talking about the tale of two states, the tale of two businesses, if you will. We're going to look at what's happening in Minnesota and what's happening in North Dakota. I know we've talked about this a lot, but please just to remind you, Minnesota has been on lockdown. They've had the mask mandates, the whole shebang, if you will, right? Where North Dakota recently got the mask mandate. We hadn't been on lockdown. We still have a lot of businesses that are open. You can patron those business and yet, the numbers in North Dakota are beginning to go down dramatically. So I want to share with you specifically what's going on with restaurants and bars, because we all know the story of what's been happening now in East Grand Forks with the Boardwalk Bar and Grill. Women said, hey, look, I've got to feed my family. I've got to let my employees have some employment. I'm going to open back up and defy Governor Walz's orders. Well, now she's facing fines, potential suspension of her liquor license. She's going to be in court tomorrow. Today in St. Paul, there was actually kind of a press conference, if you will. Minnesota Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka held the presser, had a bunch of different restaurant owners there to talk about what they're battling and why. We're going to share some of them with you in a moment. But first, just to remind you about the data. Remember, facts, not fear. As we know, Minnesota, we just talked about, has all these things in place to slow the spread. We just need to slow the spread for two weeks, folks. <laughs> Nine months later, everything's going to be okay. The shocking thing is North Dakota has not had the same level of lockdown and yet has got a lower positivity rate than what Minnesota does. Now, I'm not saying that's the end-all be-all, but it's definitely one of the more important uh, metrics that a lot of people in positions or elected positions are looking at. So here's what's happening right now in Minnesota in this presser. There was a gentleman today from the Depot Bar and Grill in Fairbault, Minnesota. He says, and I'm quoting Tom Hauser here, I feel like I'm on the Titanic and this governor, meaning Governor Walls." is treating me like a third-class citizen. Now, yesterday I was fortunate enough to be on a conference call with Governor Walls for Greater Minnesota, and he consistently talked about follow the science, follow the data. That's where I'm basing these decisions on when it comes to restaurants and bars and gyms. So I want to share with you a little bit about what this gentleman said earlier today down at this press conference, because it was fascinating how we've always said, how can, you, how can you not have the restaurants open, but you can walk into Costco and Walmart, and there's a gazillion people in there walking around. Some have masks, some don't. So here's what this gentleman said when he had said some buddies were being contacted by the contact tracers. I had a couple of friends that tested positive for COVID.
1: And you know what? When the health department called them, they were like, where have you been? And I were like, well, we were at. Menards. We were at Costco. We are at Home Depot. No, 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 no. What restaurants and bars have you been at? None. None. But you know what? The health department did not even care to hear about Costco, Menards, Home Depot. They just wanted to know what restaurants, what bars, so they can pick on you. That's not science. And that is not science. And that's not science.
0: So I think that's why many of us are baffled. We've talked about swell fun on the show. In fact, our guest tonight has mentioned this many times as well is that so much of this just seems arbitrary. Is that gentlemen just said they don't care about Costco and these other places? They're just focused on these small restaurants and bars. And I want to remind you, we had the gentleman on from the Minnesota Beverage Association said, Hey, Chris, if we don't turn this thing around and start opening up some of these small family bars and restaurants, 40%, 40% of them will never open their doors again. So Think about what's going on in Minnesota, now let's contrast that with what's happening here in North Dakota, let alone Fargo, a border city. Okay, so earlier today, Commissioner Tony Gehrig, Commissioner Dave Pepcorn, and even Mayor Mahoney cc'd himself on this, but they are now reaching out to Governor Doug Berg, and You can see here what's highlighted asking that they increase increase the occupancy in bars and restaurants from 50 to 75% and also expand the hours. As you know, they now are closed down at 10. Commissioner Garrick wants to see them closed down at midnight because we all know how these people make their money. They make their money, obviously, uh, later in the night when people are buying some adult beverages. So joining us now is Fargo City Commissioner Tony Garrick. Commissioner Garrett, always great to have you with us. First off, thank you so much for fighting for these small business owners, um, I want to ask you first. So, hey, you're trying to put all the bit, you know, border town businesses in Minnesota out of business. But let's let's start here. Have you heard back yet from Governor Burgum in regards to this letter?
1: I've not heard from Governor Burgum. I did have a conversation with Tim Mahoney after his conversation with with the governor, and Tim indicated that it was well received. And the the meeting wasn't just between Tim and and the governor. There were other mayors there as well. So our request wasn't the only request. It was the only written one that I'm aware of. But it was not the only request from a town in North Dakota to say, hey, we need some help here. And the help is in the form of allowing businesses to do business.
0: So just to push back a little bit, and I've got an email I'm going to get to later in the show from someone that uh, reached out to me last night. But, you know, when you look at some of the studies out there, they suggest that more of the spread does occur in restaurants and bars. Um, Even though our numbers are going down, what data are you looking at that says, hey, we're okay to expand in dining and even have more people there for longer hours?
1: As indicated in the the letter that you had on screen there, we've had a reduced number of total cases. We've had a reduced number or reduced percent of new cases, of of positive cases, and we've had a reduction in the hospital beds. Uh, Across the state of North Dakota, we've cut the number of people with COVID active cases in half. We have about 5,000 now, whereas a couple weeks ago, we had 10,000. There was no, you know, super spread event that happened over Thanksgiving, which is what a lot of people were fearing. Additionally, opening up these bars, we're not asking for the whole enchilada. We're not asking that we just go back to, to like it was back in 2019, with no masks and full capacity and, and hours as normal. We simply ask for 25% more capacity and two more hours of, of uh, business for, the, for these bars and restaurants. That won't fix the, the whole problem, but it will allow many of these restaurants to remain open and not have to close the doors permanently. more capacity versus, you know, 50 versus 75%, they are arbitrary numbers. Um, And there is no real science to say 50 is better than 25 or 25 is worse than 75. Uh, But we do know for a fact that if we limit them too harshly for too long, we will lose these businesses permanently. The economy is people. If we lose our economy here, if we lose these businesses, people are affected, not just jobs, not just things, but
0: people. So a couple of things I want to get at. One, when you sent this letter off, are you asking Governor Burgum to, to reach these uh, numbers by this weekend, by January 1st? When do you want to see this happen?
1: In the letter, just as soon as possible. You know, this is this is a suggestion from for him uh, to weigh with other uh, suggestions. I'm sure he's receiving from other folks. Uh, but here locally, we've seen numbers trending in the right direction while we see more businesses closing. So we need to have that balance of... Still respecting the virus and still respecting what it does, but also respecting that people are being specifically targeted uh, with bars and restaurants, and that this this increase will not will not kill grandma. You're not, you're not going to be seeing a lot more cases because bars and restaurants are open until midnight to ten. It's an arbitrary number.
0: So, sort of two things in one here, just for time's sake. Sir, one is how many businesses are you seeing in Fargo that potentially may never reopen their doors because of what's t- taking place. And for our border town businesses over in Minnesota, what do you want to say to them tonight?
1: Well, I feel terrible for for Minnesota. I see what's happening there, and I see people standing up, and and basically they're saying I can either lose my business while laying on my back or I can open my doors and at least fight for it. And what do you say to that? You almost have to kind of respect it, don't you? Um, They're going to lose their business. They're going to get fines, whatever. They have no other choice, so I don't know what they're supposed to do. Um, The the businesses here in Fargo, we – we just going by some of the the uh, licenses that we have so like from the health department liquor licenses and others we know about 20 bars and restaurants that have just have not renewed their licenses um and that's that, that re, that's about five percent of that of that uh, uh, department here in the city of fargo uh, and that's just the start uh, I had an email from a, from a, a guy did t- today uh, saying that he's not gonna reopen his business uh he's, he's done he's, he's getting rid of his lease and he's just gonna stop working. Um, because that's what we're doing to people. This is a real thing that we're dealing with. Um, and we need to address it any way we can. Locally, we're trying to do the best we can with the governor's uh, mandate in place. The, the the aid package that we passed at the city commission meeting and now with the suggestion to the to the governor to, to open up a little bit further. These are, these are steps in the right direction. But at the end of the day, we still need to get back to work
0: at some point. Amen to that. Well, I hope that the governor hears you. and. Uh does this as quickly as possible to get things reopened and does it obviously as a responsible, um, you know, North Dakota way. So Commissioner Garrett, thanks for always fighting for our businesses and our little guy. We appreciate it. Keep up the great work, sir. Thanks, Chris. All right, yesterday I had a chance to sit down and visit with Senator Mark Johnson out of Minnesota. He's a state senator there, and he actually represents um, the Pol- mainly Polk County, but of course then East Grand Forks, the Boardwalk Bar and Grill. So we chatted about these new or extended restrictions, if you will, from Governor Wallace and his thoughts on uh, the Boardwalk Bar and Grill and the situation with restaurants across the great state of Minnesota. Senator Mark Johnson, thanks so much, and welcome to Point of View. Let's just start with this. Governor Wallace today says he's going to extend no um, in-seat dining. We know what's happening with East Grand Forks with the Boardwalk Bar and Grill, and they reopen, now getting fined, and a yeah. cease and desist letter, and I can go on and on. Just your reaction to Governor Walls not allowing these restaurants to reopen with indoor dining.
2: Well, first of all, thanks, Chris, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and speak a little bit about this. And I, I'm going to tweak what you said just a little bit there. And restaurants can be open a little bit for outdoor dining. And, and I don't know if you stepped outside at all today, uh, but with the snow coming down and 25 degrees, it's a beautiful day to go for a walk. Actually, just two minutes ago, I was out there with the kids, uh, but I wouldn't go out and dine out there. So uh, it, it's almost an insult to say that in Minnesota in December, uh, that, that they can open up uh, as long as it's outside and, and no greater than f- few or four people uh, sitting at a table. So. To me, it's just another uh, another extension of already bad policy that we've been seeing through this year. and i and I don't mean to to get upset about this, but at the same time, when I've got my neighbor who is getting vehicles repossessed because they own a restaurant and and they can't pay the bills, they can't pay their staff, they they are hurting. And then the governor gets up there and says, "I understand. I understand how it is for you." I guarantee he has not missed a paycheck. I guarantee he hasn't had to look those employees in the eyes and say, we're gonna have to let you go. Um, So yeah, to me, it's another insult for rural Minnesota, but all Minnesotans across the board here uh, on these accommodations as they're called.
0: So let me ask you this, because um, the Minnesota Beverage Association came out with a response. They said, hey, today's news is not only devastating, it's shameful and unjust. Minnesota's hospitality industry has has complied in good faith with mask mandates, limited service. 1.76% of COVID cases are traced back to bars and restaurants. I guess that's my question for you. You know, he's making these decisions, but if it's based on the 1.76%, why shut down the restaurants do you have any better data or different data that might be able to justify what he's doing
2: and i don't and we're in the dark uh on this you know why is it that the restaurants are being picked on and and bars and those and yes i I think we need to bifurcate uh the danger that COVID. i mean it's a very dangerous virus And, and don't get me wrong we're not saying that it's not a dangerous virus uh, but we got to be more thoughtful in our policy. We no longer have agency in the decisions that Minnesota uh, Minnesotans are being subjected to. You know, school boards are being taken out of school board decisions. Local, uh, you know, whether it's the county board or the city council, everybody's been taken out of their position, their elected positions, to guide their communities, to give input, to do those things. Even as legislators, we're being cut out of that discussion. We find out when you find out what the decisions are going to be. So now it's one man running the state. You know, it's it's like Louis Fourteenth, where he says, I am the state. Well, that's kind of what we're seeing right now with one person with no input uh, from anybody else uh, out in, it doesn't matter if it's rural or, or metro, give us an opportunity to, to say, here's what our community needs. And then at least we have some buy-in some agency and and if we have to do that with him having the emergency powers you know so be it
0: but he doesn't give us that opportunity and so that's me, so disappointing let me ask you this in and in a, maybe a couple questions and you can you can answer but I guess um I asked Governor walsh just a moment ago I said hey so there's going to be roughly 150 200 businesses that are going to basically open up anyway so one do you support them and then I had Minnesota AG Keith Ellison on earlier this week and I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but it seems like the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, they may have a leg to stand on because if I'm a small business and I can't be open, but yet you can have Costco open or Walmart and people aren't social distancing, that doesn't make any sense to me.
2: It, it really doesn't. You know, I've, I've heard a few people say maybe this is a takings, maybe this is uh, that sort of thing. And I don't think those constitutional arguments stand muster, but I think this one, you know, at least has a fighting chance. Other states have argued it to different degrees of success, and, and we'll see. It is funny that Keith Ellison says that, you know, in a recent interview, he said uh, people need to be obeying the law. Democracy doesn't work without people obeying the law. And then you know, rewind six months ago when the riots were going on. And he says, don't dismiss them as pure criminals. You know, you have to understand uh, where that's coming from. Well, these aren't pure criminals that are out there defying the mandate that's going on right now. They have their backs up against the walls trying to keep their homes and and families together. So uh, we've got to start trying to understand where that's coming from.
0: You just mentioned your neighbor. i got to presume, you know, he or she and others are, are. My question to you is so. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to help these people and support them? Yeah, Uh, and I wish we had more
2: opportunity to do things. You know, we're collaborating with the governor, but with emergency powers, you see that he's continuing to make those calls uh, independently by himself with his office and allowing us to know what they are moments before uh, he announces them. So that to me that we have no ability to, to affect policy with him. Uh, You know, with some of the things that we've done, we've we've encouraged some of the lawsuits that have gone on. We voted to remove his emergency powers. And then we've also taken a couple of commissioners. Now, there was some other underlying issues that that they weren't doing their jobs.
0: But it also is a way to say, Governor, Senator Johnson, we really appreciate the insight and would love to have you back on in the near future. Okay.
2: Hey, thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity.